Kansas City after we had played the show. Shots rang out as I stumbled home. So I hit this segment of Other Side of Texas brought to you by Flint Boot and Hat Shop. They've been building hats since 1994, repairing boots since forever. Jared and his guys can make your hat great and make your boots great again. Check them out. Flint Avenue and 34th Street in Lubbock. FlintHat.com. Friend of years, friend of tears, editor of the Texas Tribune, Ross Ramsey. How you doing? Well, I'm doing fine now. Would you believe I lost your phone number? And I was digging around for it. Oh. You texted me a minute ago. Yeah. So here I am late. I apologize. I was doing two things at once. I was, I was running a very well-performing radio program while I was texting you. I can't even recall what I was saying, Ross. There were no dirty words. I'll, I'll put it that way. No, there weren't, because uh, part of my contract here at AM580 is that I'm responsible for all FCC fines. So let's go from here. Uh, redistricting, For I promised newcomers that we would lay this out in layman's terms. How often do we redistrict? When does redistricting begin, and why is it such a big deal in Texas? Uh, we have to redistrict every 10 years, right after they do the census. We can redistrict, as Tom DeLay proved in court, anytime we want to. <laughs> um, but we have to redistrict every time they do the census. They're doing the next one in 2020. When the legislature comes in in 2021, they'll draw new maps for our congressional districts, for our Senate districts, for our Texas House districts, and for our State Board of Education districts. And it's the and legislature then, that's drawing the maps. Right. If the legislature fails to do that, then there's a weird little committee of five statewide officials who do it. Who do it. it always goes to court afterwards. Um, you know, it's not even cynical to say that anymore. It's almost like a, a perpetual motion machine. And it'll stay in court for a long time. In fact, the maps that were initially drawn in 2011 are still stuck in federal court today. Hmm. Still. So, so will that come up before still. 2020? Well, you know, they only have one more. You know, there's a there's an outside chance that the judges could change the districts that are now in place and ask us to have new primary elections in a few state house and congressional districts. And I would say that's impossible, but they did it in 1996 and they did it again in 2006. Um, but chances are that they're not going to do it before this election, in which case there will only be one more election left before the census is done. So... You know, some just courts, they like not having any courts at all. So does this become the issue of the 86th and 87th legislature? I don't think it'll be the issue of the 86th legislature because that'll be the legislature that's waiting for this to happen. The 87th legislature, this is going to be the first thing on their plate. Okay. Tell us a little bit. By and large, we have a rural audience. Tell us a little bit about what the one-county rule is and why that's important in rural Texas. When you're drawing Texas house seats, you can't cross a county line unless you have to. So you, you draw your starting point, and you use all the voters. In, you have to use all the voters in the county where you start before you can cross a county line, grab voters from another county. Has this been... A, let me just cut in for one. Has this been the precedent since the Civil War? Uh, no, actually, it was established, as I understand it, in a court case started by Tom Craddock of Midland. 
Oh, wow. They thought that they were unnecessarily breaking up counties in order to protect some incumbents and to protect some party interests. And he said, basically, you have to honor geography and communities of interest first. And in Texas House districts, this doesn't apply in Senate districts or congressional districts. But in Texas House districts, uh, you have to, uh, you can't just break counties up unless you're, you know, basically out of people and you still need to, you know, you still got some room in the sack. Okay, so we divide them up by county in the house. That makes sense. Right. Now, okay. you'll, find, you'll find broken county lines, and you'll find counties that are all fragmented up. So if you go to an urban county like a Dallas or a Houston or a Travis, uh, they can draw a number of house districts without ever crossing a county line, and they do. Eventually, they get to one where they say, well, we don't quite have enough people here, and they'll jump a county line for that, and that's where you'll see little bubbles come up into other counties let's uh pivot then ross ramsey at ross ramsey on twitter talk to us a little bit about how you think texas may find a new way to call itself a red state well i think uh what's going on here is we've got a bunch of stuff piling up in the budget and the controller came out last week and told the senate finance committee look you guys have a bunch of things coming on and if you don't take care of them the bond rating companies are going to lower the rating on Texas bonds, which are right now triple A's, and increase the price of those. He's talking about things like potential problems in the teacher retirement system. There's some unfunded liabilities there. Texas pensions are not in the shape of, say, Illinois pensions or some of the states that are really in deep trouble, but they're on the watch list. And uh, he's pointing to that and a number of other things. There's a Medicaid shortfall. There's a uh, liability in something called the Texas Tomorrow Fund, where the state promised to pay tuition for people with contracts but didn't charge enough for the contracts, so they're on the hook for a quarter of a billion dollars. There's a pile of stuff like that, and the next legislature is going to come in more than $8 billion, um, looking at an $8 billion problem. And it's not a deficit, and it's not a hole in their budget necessarily, but it would cost $8 billion more dollars keep doing the things they're doing now so they'll be in kind of a twist wow so that sounds like a um a texter's asking if tom craddock served in the civil war i don't i don't think that that's an important question right now the uh, eight billion how many do we have in how many do how much do we have right now in the rainy day we have 11 point we're going to have 11.2 billion at the end of this cycle so okay. we're going to have another question about the rainy day fund and whether you know, you always come down to this question of how much money do you think you need to spend, how much money do you think you want to spend, and how much money do you have? And the Texas legislature has, for the last, you know, couple of decades, been very reluctant to spend money from the Economic Stabilization Fund, which is also called the Rainy Day Fund. It's basically a savings account. And it's big and fat right now because it's filled with uh, money, frankly, from fracking. Uh, the fracking boom really piled in, you know, oil and gas revenues and filled that fund up. But the legislature has seen a number of fiscal problems over the years um, that they didn't think were big enough to use the rainy day fund for. One of the big ones right now is Hurricane Harvey and the rebuild after that. Yeah. A couple of minutes here left with you ross is electioneering happening in these schools to your in your point of view i think a couple of schools have crossed the line uh the line here is 
you know, the schools can take kids to, you know, voting age kids to the polls. In fact, there's a state law that requires them to register kids who are 18. And so they're kind of in that business, and they can use school buses and say, hey, we're going to take everybody to the polls, vote how you want, do whatever you want. They can't tell them how to vote. That's where you get the word electioneering. And a couple of superintendents who, you know, I mean, if, you, if you're um, being charitable about it, you would say superintendents aren't, aren't necessarily political people and don't make the same kind of distinctions that political people make when they're deciding whether to use their personal phone or their work phone for some kind of political stuff. It's legal for your superintendent to say, I'm going to support Jay Leeson for mayor. It's not legal for your superintendent to tell students to vote and use the superintendent Twitter account or email account or telephone to tell people to vote for Jay Leeson for mayor. And a couple of them have stumbled on that line. I think most of them are probably well-intentioned in, you know, trying to get kids to take part in civics. But, you know, a lot of people in Austin are nervous about uh, what they're doing. They're nervous about the anger of teachers and some educators at this legislature right now. And, you know, everybody's kind of on thin ice about this. Well, uh, what do we have coming up? org. Ross writes a column, uh, an analysis piece, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. What do you got coming up? You know, we're working on a lot of stuff. We're finally getting a little bit of a turn from, you know, this constant legislating and, uh, you know, and, and running elections, and, and we can talk about policy and some of the things the legislature's doing now. Uh, we're working on a bunch of census stories. We're working on some of the projects that we would have been starting this summer if we hadn't had a special legislative session. I think it's going to be a really interesting spring. Well, you can follow them there, texastribune.org and at Ross Ramsey on Twitter. Pleasure as always. Thank you for coming on, Ross. Enjoyed it, brother. I'll keep your phone number where I can find it next time. All right. All right. Stick with us right here. Coming up, Sam Gwynn, SC Gwynn. I need to ask him, what's the best way to say it, SC or, yeah. or Sam? Maybe we're good enough friends now. That, yeah, maybe. I, mean, I don't know Sam. him, but maybe I can go on buddy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. How about old Sam Gwynn? Sam Speaking Gwynn is going to join us right after this break. Stick with us right here on the other side of Texas. I was just 15 and out of control, lost to James Dean and rock and roll, I knew down deep in... 